This episode, we talk about how we as Americans are being manipulated and lied to by those who have the power to control the narrative in our culture. My name is Jacqueline, and I'm just an American. So I became an adult during the administration of George W. Bush. And so for my entire adult life, it has pretty much been a given that the mainstream media in America has a liberal bias. The way they cover the stories and the way they talk about different events that take place clearly demonstrates their bias. I remember them just viciously attacking George W. Bush in every way. And then once Barack Obama became president, he never got a hardball question and they never covered any of the controversial statements or policies that that administration put into play. Another way that the media has always shown their bias is based on what stories they choose to blow up and turn into a massive story and put major focus on versus what they decide to barely cover, what they decide to shove under the rug, or in many cases don't cover at all. The media talk about a big story as though they are covering it because it is a big story, as though this is what the American people care about, this is what the American people are talking about, and therefore we are covering it. But the truth often lies in the fact that they are the ones who decide what the big stories are. They are the ones who decide what is a big story, what is important, and we, as the American people, are manipulated into believing and deciding that, oh, yes, this is the issue of the day. This is the story and the situation that is the most important and that we should be putting our focus on. This has never been more apparent than in this year, in the year 2020. I talk about it all the time on this show, the fact that those in the greatest positions of power in our culture are not just liberal, but radically progressive. These big players in terms of who controls our narrative and who has really the power in our country today are the news media, the mainstream news media, the social media and big tech companies, Hollywood and everybody who makes our entertainment and academia and those who run our universities. It is really truly laughable at this point that these people paint themselves as the resistance. They paint themselves as those who are resisting the government and resisting the mainstream of America. And it's just kind of odd at this point because they truly are the ones that have the power in this country. Now, I know that people will say, well, what are you talking about? The presidency and the White House are controlled by a Republican the in Congress, you know, Congress is split and half of Congress is controlled by Republicans. And now we have the Supreme Court, which just in Donald Trump's administration, he has nominated three out of the nine members of the Supreme Court. So how can you say that Republicans don't have power, that it is the liberals who have all the power? And the reason that I say that it is, in fact, the liberals that have all the power is because the liberals are the ones who control what we talk about in this country. And the fact that Republicans have still maintained some positions of power in this country is really somewhat of a miracle. I think that what it demonstrates is the character of so many Americans and the fact that there are many Americans in this country, half the country really, if not, you know, give or take more or less, half the country who 
do hold on to conservative values, who do hold on to the ideas that America is a great country and ideas of patriotism and family and faith and all of those things over government rule of our lives. But it truly is a miracle, really, that we have as much power as we do on the right, considering that we are facing such an uphill battle in our culture when it comes to who dominates what we talk about. During the Trump administration, I have seen the masks come off of these people, particularly in media, in a way that I truly never thought I would. Journalists today don't even try to hide their bias anymore, although they will still look you in the eye and lie to you about it. They will still look straight at that camera and say, no, no, we are an unbiased news organization and I am an unbiased journalist, while their coverage is absolutely insanely biased and everybody sees it. I mean, liberals that I talk to openly admit, oh yeah, of course, the media is super biased. There are studies that show that some, it's something like over 90% of the coverage that the media puts out there about President Trump is negative and less than 10% is anything positive. Now, people will turn around and say, well, that's because there's nothing positive to report about this about this president. But the reality is, again, that half the country supported this guy. I mean, he won the election. And so there are tens of millions of Americans who support him. And the idea that there's nothing good about him, that just completely diminishes and disregards the opinions and the feelings and the sentiments of half of the country, which is pretty a pretty ridiculous position to take. Everything that the media talk about, every single thing that they report is designed for one sole purpose, which is to attack Trump and to attack conservative Americans. And design, it is designed to get Democrats elected. And as of right now, it is designed with the sole purpose of getting Joe Biden elected as president of the United States. I have seen bias my entire life. I have seen the way that different things are covered my entire life and how unfair the coverage is and how unbalanced the coverage is. But I have never in my life seen anything like the open journalistic malpractice and censorship that has taken place over the Hunter Biden story. So for anyone who has not heard the Hunter Biden story at this point, the story is basically that there was this laptop that belonged to Joe Biden's son, Hunter, that was discovered in a computer repair shop that it had been left there. And apparently there are some very damning emails and messages on this laptop. Um, and some of his associates and business partners have since come out to speak out about this as well. And the accusation is basically that Hunter Biden used his father's influence and his father's name in order to get jobs and to secure jobs that paid him millions and millions of dollars. And the accusation and the concern is that, number one, whether or not Joe Biden actually collected some of that money, that so basically he was using his position as vice president to funnel money to himself and to his family members from foreign countries in exchange for influence. So he was influence peddling, but also that the national security concerns about this story, which is, you know, does China and Russia and some of these other bad actor countries, you know, do they have influence over Joe Biden or his family because of some financial dealings and setups and situations. Now, whether or not any of that is true, I mean, we can all speculate as to what we believe. And, you know, they're, I guess, going to be launching an investigation or they have started an investigation into all of this. 
But right as of right now, one of the stories that is just as big as this situation is the fact that the media has decided that this is not a story. The media have decided that this is not a story that is worth covering. The question of whether or not the candidate for president of the United States for the Democratic Party is somebody that while he was serving as vice president of the United States was potentially using his influence to collect money from foreign governments. That is not something that our media in America is curious about. That is not something that our media in America thinks that the American people should know about, that it is even a question. We have gone from let the media report the facts and let the American people decide to the media don't trust us to make the decision that they want us to make. They don't trust us to vote the way that they want us to vote. And so, no, we're not going to give you all of the information. We are not going to tell you everything that is going on. We are going to decide that we're going to hide certain things from you because it could potentially hurt the candidate that we want to see win the presidential election. So one part of this story is the fact that the mainstream news outlets, outlets such as CNN and MSNBC, outlets such as the New York Times and the Washington Post have decided that this just isn't an interesting story. This isn't something that they are going to spend any time whatsoever covering. And if they do happen to mention it, what they have done is they have painted it as Russian disinformation. They have painted it as something that is obviously untrue and that is put has been put out there by the Russians in order order to try and influence this election to hurt Joe Biden and to help Donald Trump get reelected. The only problem with that assertion by the media is that there is zero evidence for it whatsoever. In fact, the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, has stated clearly and emphatically that they do not believe that that is the case. He has stated clearly and emphatically that there is no information, that there is no evidence whatsoever that this laptop was planted, that anything found on this laptop is incorrect or is not legitimate. There is no reason why they believe that. And he has stated that the intelligence community of the United States does not believe that that is the case. And yet our news media have decided that they are going to repeat that often. And anytime they even happen to mention this story that, well, this isn't something that you should worry about because it's just Russian disinformation. That is a lie. It is simply unfounded. It is simply untrue. So the question that we have to ask ourselves as Americans is how much should we support? How much should we listen to these news organizations, which at this point are actually putting out propaganda on behalf of Joe Biden and the Democratic Party? They are lying to us. They are hiding things from us and they are doing it on purpose in order to help this particular candidate, again, that they want to win the election. So that's one part of the story. The other part of the story, and maybe even part of a bigger part of the story, is the fact that social media has not just not covered this story. They're not a news organization, so they don't cover stories. But social media actually actively censored this story. This story was originally broke by the New York Post, and their account as of right now is still suspended on Twitter as of this recording. They are still suspended 
for sharing this story. Kaylee McEnany, the White House press secretary, had her Twitter account frozen and blocked because she shared this story, as did many other politicians and many other independent journalists and journalists for other outlets who decided that they were going to actually be journalists and work to share this story. Twitter blocked them from sharing it. Facebook blocked people from sharing this story. That is insane. The reason that they gave for not allowing people to share the story was they said that they were not able to to credibly verify the source of the information. And because it was the source was not able to be verified, that that was something that they were not going to allow to be shared. But that is ridiculous because they do not apply that standard across the board. I can think off the top of my head of many stories that were very detrimental or attempted to be, I should say, detrimental to President Trump that Twitter had absolutely no problem allowing to be shared on their on their platform. Okay, so one recent example, just a recent example, was the story that was shared by The Atlantic recently that said that they had five sources, all anonymous, within the Trump administration that said that he had spoken about our military and about our military that had been killed in battle, um, that he had spoken about them in very derogatory and insulting ways. And of course, there's no credibility to this story. There's no verification to the story. The sources were anonymous. I mean, the Atlantic literally could have just said, yeah, we're just going to make this all up and cite five anonymous sources. And there's no way for the readers or for Twitter or for any of those people to know whether or not that is true. And in fact, it's interesting because several people who worked in the administration at that time, several people who were there at that time, including John Bolton, who today is no fan of this president and who actually wrote a book that was pretty critical of this president, even he came out and said, that never happened. I was there. That never happened. And if it did happen, I would have included it in my book. So they Twitter had absolutely no problem allowing that story to be shared. They also said as an excuse as to why the Hunter Biden story was blocked was that they have a policy against sharing hacked or leaked or inappropriately obtained information. And yet, I think a week earlier, they the top story again that was being shared on Twitter and things that were trending on Twitter was the leak of Donald some of Donald Trump's tax returns. Well, I'm pretty sure that it's illegal to leak somebody else's tax returns. I'm pretty sure that that was not something that the person who owns those tax returns allowed to be to be put out there since Trump was not very happy about it. So that is something that Twitter, again, had absolutely no problem whatsoever allowing to be shared on their platform. And so this is just a very clear example of our social media companies deciding that Oh my goodness, this is a story, again, that could potentially hurt the man that we want, okay, that Jack Dorsey and the people who run Twitter. This is a story that could potentially hurt the candidate that we like, and so we are going to censor this story. They censored it, and they figured we'll deal with the consequences later. And there could potentially be consequences for this behavior, so Jack Dorsey and some other social media people were actually subpoenaed to testify before Congress about this situation. And basically, Jack Dorsey admitted during the, his testimony that they, at this point, don't have any information to, to prove that this was Russian disinformation or that it's quote-unquote fake news. And so it was actually incorrect for them to censor it. And yet, 
the New York Post's account is still blocked. And according to Dorsey, the reason it's blocked is because they have to go in there, they have to delete the original tweet, and then if they retweet out the exact same thing they originally retweeted, it's going to be fine. Which, to me, is a full admission that it should never have been censored in the first place. So what we're seeing is we are seeing now major platforms that people use in 2020 America for communication. We are seeing those platforms actively censor information not based on community guidelines that, for example, prohibit threats or violent images or pornographic images, but that censor content based on what they agree with or do not agree with. When we really stop and think about it, this is an absolutely amazing thing. We have social media companies that have decided that they are going to censor a story for no other reason than they want to provide cover for the candidate that they want to win. We have media companies that have decided that they are going to censor a story and openly lie about a story and spread misinformation. Okay, we talk about, oh, the misinformation. They are the ones that are spreading misinformation about a story by claiming that it is Russian propaganda when there is no evidence to suggest that it is Russian propaganda. They are doing all of these things in order to actively hide information and actively deceive the American people so that their preferred candidate is not hurt by this information. That is pretty unbelievable stuff. And the thing that makes me proud to be an American is the fact that it doesn't work and it hasn't worked. According to data from Newswhip, the Hunter Biden story was still the top shared story the week that it broke, despite the attempts from social media companies to censor it. We live in a free country and we have freedom of speech. And so it does seem like as these companies and these powerful companies try to censor this information, that people still are able to share it. People still are able to find out about it. And in fact, I think that this story really is being talked about just as much now as it would have been had Twitter and and Facebook not censored it because people simply aren't going to accept it. People don't like censorship. And people like Americans who are accustomed to freedom and liberty and freedom of speech, we are not going to accept censorship. We are not going to sit back and we are not going to just say, oh, okay, well, they've decided that they don't want us to know that. So I guess we're just going to walk away from it. That is not something that Americans are accustomed to doing. And that is not something that we are going to start doing now. So recently, I watched on Netflix the documentary called The Social Dilemma, which focused on some of the negative ramifications of social media in our lives in modern times and how it has affected society and how it has affected different ways that we communicate and that we behave in the world. Now, Netflix is a liberal organization. And so anything that comes out of Netflix is something that I take with a grain of salt. And I mean, as a critical thinking person, I take everything with a grain of salt. I I think critically about everything that I watch and everything that I hear and see, which is what everyone should do. But I watched this series or this documentary and it was very interesting. And it talked a lot about how these social media companies are manipulating us. They are manipulating us in a very psychological way in the way that they operate. So for example, they create these algorithms which are designed to take what we look at and feed us more of the things and the posts and the videos that we are the most engaged in. So, for instance, if you are a conservative American and you have a tendency to click like or click on links to videos about conservative causes, the algorithms on social media 
will push more of those types of links and posts and videos to you so that you continue to click on them and you continue to remain scrolling on social media. And the reason why they do that is because the longer you spend on social media, the more ads you will see. And the more ads that you see, the more money the social media companies make. And so it talks about that and it talks about a lot of the problems that this has caused. Um, Number one, in social media addiction that many people find themselves facing, but also in terms of the basically the polarization that we are seeing in America and really all over the world and in terms of the bubbles that people find themselves in. Because as you're on social media, you are continuously pushed information that agrees with the stuff that you're already looking at. And so more and more people are becoming less and less aware and exposed to information that contradicts their worldview. Now, I had some issues with the documentary. Um, Obviously, it was something that focused on social media. But I do think that it completely neglected the fact that the mainstream media are just as much pushers of the quote unquote fake news as what they were trying to portray in the the social dilemma program. So for instance, in the program, they love to focus on stories that they feel like make conservatives or the right wing of America look bad. So for instance, they talk about Pizzagate or they talk about climate change and, you know, oh, the climate deniers and all of that. And of course, they're not talking about all of the stories and all of the information on the left that is false, that is fake, and that is a lie. And the thing that's really interesting about it is that this is something that is not just people going down the rabbit hole on social media. These stories from the left that are pushed, that are put out there as mainstream narratives, the stories that are hidden and that are swept under the rug, this is not just being done by people on social media. This is being done by, again, people with power and people who have the voices such as, again, Hollywood and the mainstream media and these giant tech companies. So I think that it's it's worth a watch because I think it was really interesting to see how these social media companies work. But I do think that it is only one part of a much bigger story, which is the fact that, again, we as Americans are being manipulated. We as Americans are being lied to and we are being gaslit on a regular basis by people who are telling us that we should believe what they tell us and who should not believe what we see in front of our own eyes. And the way that they really frame this is so dishonest and it is so manipulative in and of itself because what they do is they point to stories that are quote unquote fake news. So they point to conspiracy theories. They point to things that people believe that are not true, that are you know proven by science to be not true. And they say, well, we believe in truth. And these social media platforms, for instance, are allowing people to put these lies out there. They're allowing people to put disinformation out there, which is confusing people. And we have to put an end to that. This is the driving force, for instance, behind the social media crackdown and major censorship on anything regarded the coronavirus pandemic. They have decided that they are going to censor any information that 
contradicts what the World Health Organization has decided to put out there in terms of information about the coronavirus. The problem is, is that the World Health Organization has been all over the place when it comes to COVID, okay? They were, they've been back and forth on mask mandates. They've been back and forth on lockdown recommendations. And the information has been pretty unsteady. In fact, at the beginning of this situation, they really were playing cover for China and the misinformation that was coming out of China. And yet this is the organization that Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and YouTube have decided that they are going to put their trust in when it comes to COVID. And in the supposed effort to stop the spread of lies and myths and anti-science disinformation when it comes to a worldwide pandemic, they have decided that they are going to engage in censorship. And the problem with that is that there are a lot of people with contradicting voices. There are a lot of people who have really intelligent and important and honest and true things to say epidemiologists who disagree with the World Health Organization or with Dr. Fauci on certain directions that they have gone in and certain things that they have recommended about how to deal with this situation. And those people have been silenced. Medical doctors and scientists have been silenced and censored on social media, all in the name of we're trying to crack down on misinformation. And going back to the social dilemma, this is what they really start to talk about and focus on. And this is the underlying message, which is how do we respect free speech, but not allow disinformation and lies and fake news to be put out into the world, which confuses people and misleads people and causes division and causes people to believe things that are not true. This is the question. The problem is, is that all of these people and people who are typically on the left in America, which they cannot be called liberals anymore because classic liberals believe in free speech. Classic liberals believe in not having censorship and not having government control over the things that we say. But so the left, it is leftists in America that have decided that the solution to the spread of misinformation is not the spread of correct information. They have decided that the solution to the spread of lies and fake news and misinformation is to silence and censor anyone that they believe is spreading that misinformation. Here is the problem with all of that. First of all, as I said, Americans don't do well with censorship. Anytime people see censorship in a free country, in a country that believes in liberty and free speech, we automatically start to question, why are they censoring this? What do they not want us to know? And people start to get suspicious. You want to know why conspiracy theories are so popular today? You want to know why conspiracy theories are everywhere and are gaining so much support and belief? It is because of this. It is because these companies and these entities are pushing for, for censorship. They are openly lying to us when it comes to, for instance, they'll say something that is a communist Chinese talking point about the coronavirus, or they'll say something, they'll portray, for instance, like on CNN, they'll portray that the, that the coronavirus is just as deadly for a healthy five-year-old as it is for a 95-year-old with pre-existing conditions. They will portray that as it's the same risk and people look at the numbers and people look at the science and say, well, wait a minute, that's not right. And then they'll censor anybody who says, wait a minute, that's not right. And say, hey, that's misinformation. You're spreading misinformation about coronavirus. 
And so what ends up happening is that people don't know who to believe. People don't know what to believe. They don't know who to trust. And they definitely don't trust those who are in positions of power. So that is one of the problems that we see with this. Another problem, and I think the more important problem and the more the more significant philosophical question that this all brings up is who gets to decide what is true and what is not. Now, some people may hear that and say, what are you talking about? It's pretty obvious what is true and what is false. And in some things, obviously it is. I mean, when you say the grass is green and the earth is round, the vast majority of people would look at that and say, yeah, that's true. That's science. That's fact. I think we can all agree with that. That's not something that's really controversial. But the truth is, is that there are plenty of things in this world that we disagree on, okay? There are plenty of things that we disagree on and what we disagree on really is the fundamental question of what is true and what is not. I believe it was Thomas Sowell who famously said, it's not right or wrong, it's who decides. Do we as Americans really think that Jack Dorsey of Twitter is the person who should decide what is true and what is not? Do we really feel comfortable with that? Do we really feel comfortable with Mark Zuckerberg deciding for Americans what is true and what is not? Of course not. Like nobody in their right mind, even people who are liberal, even people who agree with these guys politically, nobody in their right mind should look at these two men and say that these two men should have the ability to decide what is true and what is false and put that and and be able to dictate what is allowed to be said and what must be censored on social media based on their opinions of that. The part of all this I think that is the most ironic is the fact that some of these people, some of these leftists who are standing up and screaming the loudest about our need to censor people because we have to stop lies from being put out there. We have to stop misinformation from being put out into the world. Some of these are the same people who believe in moral relativity. Some of these are the same people who believe that all truth is subjective and that are on social media arguing about whether or not two plus two actually equals four because there's no such thing as truth. These are some of the same people who are pushing the fact that everything in life is just based on feelings and emotions. And if somebody says something that we think is actually untrue, we are not allowed to speak out about that because that makes us a big or it makes us ignorant or just unkind. From a purely philosophical place, I happen to believe that there is such a thing as truth. I happen to believe that one of the purposes of human beings and our rational thought and our ability to think rationally on this earth is to discover truth, to discover what is true and separate it from what is false. And I believe that that is true in the physical world. I believe that that is true when it comes to science and discoveries. I believe that that is true when it comes to morality. I believe that there is objective moral codes that are given to us by God, which if you don't believe in God, then you're not going to believe that. But I believe in God. And I think that there is objective morality. I think that there are certain things in our in this life that are objectively good. And there are certain things that are objectively bad. So I believe 
in truth. And I believe that truth is the only good way that we need to go forward and that we need to reject things that are lies. But the thing that I have a problem with, and I, the thing that I think so many Americans have a problem with today, is that the same people who are screaming the loudest about fake news and about lies being disseminated are the same people who are telling us that we need to believe what they tell us. We need to believe what they tell us about the world and about current events and about what is going on. And we need to ignore our lying eyes. We need to ignore the things that we see with our own eyes happening in order to believe the things that they tell us. They tell us that Trump ruined the economy when everyone knows that the economy was doing great until the COVID lockdowns, which Biden is the one who says he want, he is open to taking us back to if a scientist tells him to. They tell us that there is nothing shady about Hunter Biden when this drug addict loser was getting paid tens of thousands of dollars a month for a job that he wasn't qualified for. They tell us that Joe Biden is the picture of mental health when he thinks that he is running for Senate against a guy named George. They tell us that the cops are the problem because they shoot a suspect who is charging at them with a knife or firing a taser at them or shooting them with a gun. Everyone, oh, say her name, Breonna Taylor, say her name. The boyfriend in that case was shooting at cops and actually shot a cop in the leg during that situation. Okay, but we're supposed to pretend that that wasn't actually happening and just believe them and the things that they say. They tell us that defunding the police doesn't really mean defunding the police and that they won't really defund the police while they are actually currently defunding the police. They tell us that unborn babies aren't really alive and they're not really human or that men can choose to become women and then they are just as much a woman as I am. And when Americans stand up and say, none of that is the truth, none of that is scientific, none of that is based on evidence, they tell us that we are racist, they tell us that we are bigoted, that we are white supremacist, and we are ignorant. Something has to change in this country. And that has to come from us. It has to come from the American people. We have to stop allowing these people who have the power to control the narrative to go down the path that they are going down because every year it gets worse and it has never been worse than it is right now. The answer is not censorship. The answer is more free speech. Okay, it should concern every American that during the Senate hearings on social media, on the social media companies, the Senate hearings that brought in people who work for the social media companies, every single Democrat did not advocate for more free speech. They advocated for more censorship. They are pushing for these social media companies to further censor conservative voices and websites and anyone who disagree with them. I do believe that truth is real and is something that we should strive to discover what the truth is. But the minute that we allow these people to decide what truth is for us, the minute that we allow the government or the media or the giant tech companies or college professors to decide what is true and what isn't, and the minute that we allow them to decide that anybody who disagrees with what their truth is should be silenced, should be censored, the minute that we go down that path, there is no return. There is no getting back to the freedom and liberty that has always characterized the United States of America. 
cancel culture in America is driven by the left. You have rappers like Ice Cube, okay, who is no conservative, but he sat down and had a meeting with President Trump because he was trying to advocate for the policies that he believes in, and he's willing to talk to the president to do that. And he was just absolutely annihilated for daring to sit down and have a conversation with somebody that they don't like. Okay, all of that is driven by the left. When you have conservative speakers speaking at college campuses, it is the leftist students who want to shut those speeches down, who shout them down, who do not want to let them be heard, okay? All of this stuff is coming from the left. The left in America is not the party of free speech. They do not care about free speech. They do not want free speech. They are perfectly comfortable with people who disagree with them being silenced. They are perfectly comfortable with voices and ideas that say things that they don't like being silenced and being censored. They don't, they're not only comfortable with it, they are advocating for it. They want that to continue. It's amazing to me when I look around at my country and I see that there are actually people who are openly advocating for this stuff. And it's really disheartening to me. But the one thing that gives me hope and the one thing that makes me feel good about everything that I see is that it's not working. It's not working. Everybody's talking about the Hunter Biden laptop story and all of the information it gets out there. It gets out there because, again, we live in a free country and we do have freedom of speech. And people through technology and through other means, they are able to get this information out there. And the more they try to censor it, the more they try to shut it up, it does seem like the more people start talking about it and the more it gets out there. And I think that that is a wonderful thing. There is a reason that the founding fathers put freedom of speech in the First Amendment of the Constitution. They recognized that we could never truly be a free people if we did not have freedom of speech, if we did not have the ability to discuss openly any and all ideas that we want to discuss, even if it's controversial, even if it is quote unquote anti-science, according to some people, even if it's something that is a not popular opinion. Those are the opinions that need to be protected by freedom of speech. And that is something that they recognized. These social media companies are private companies. And that is something that I am very strong in my support of the ability of private companies to do what they want to do with their own companies. But I do think that we need to recognize that these companies absolutely influence our elections. They absolutely influence the information that people have. And they are right now kind of enjoying the best of both worlds. They are enjoying the legal protections of a platform while being able to behave as a publisher. So according to the laws in this country, if you are a platform or if you are a publisher, there are different rules and there are different things that apply. So for example, if you are a platform, you are going to be treated more like the phone companies. So Verizon, for instance, if I pick up my cell phone and I call a friend of mine and I start chatting about the most unfounded conspiracy theories, Verizon is not going to drop my call. They are not going to stop me from sending text messages about things that are controversial or even offensive. They are not going to be held liable either if I pick up the phone and I start spreading a false story about somebody or doing something or saying something that is illegal, even if I'm engaging in illegal activity by using their phone services, they are not responsible for that. That is something that the social media companies, that is a type of protection that they have also enjoyed. But the difference is, is that they have now decided 
that they are going to decide what is allowed to be shared on their platform and what isn't allowed to be shared on their platform. And it is based on absolutely nothing more than their own political ideologies, okay? Because all of the excuses they give do not make sense. When they put a censorship label on something that President Trump says or tweets out because they say that it is untrue, but they allow the leader of Iran to send out a tweet saying or claiming that the Holocaust never happened. And according to Jack Dorsey, well, that's not really the same thing. That's not really a you know statement that we felt the need to censor or take down or put a flag on. That tells me that their standards are not the same. They are arbitrary and they are based on their political ideologies. And if they are going to do that, then they are acting more like a media company. They are acting more like a publisher. Okay, so now take a look at a media company. There is a reason why Nicholas Sandman was able to sue CNN, why he was able to sue the Washington Post is because those news organizations spread information about him that was not true. And they were held responsible for that. If a news organization decides that they are going to take my face and take my name and smear me with something that is absolutely untrue and that that smear is going to have negative ramifications on my life, I have the right to sue them. They do not have the right to do that. They are responsible for the content that is on their page. And as such, they have the ability to decide what they put on their network and what they don't. I have the right to criticize it. You have the right to criticize it or to not watch it. But they have the right to decide if they're not going to talk about Hunter Biden's laptops. They do. So that is something that they enjoy, that ability to talk about or not talk about or censor whatever information they want. But they have liability. That is where we need to put these social media companies. They can no longer be allowed to enjoy the privileges of both worlds where they are not responsible for anything on their platforms, but they are allowed to censor information for purely political reasons. That is not something that we should be allowing. And that is something that I truly hope that the government steps up and removes that liability protection from them if they continue to act this way. We as individual Americans, in the meantime, we have got to focus and keep our eye on finding out what is true. We have got to focus on looking at the world around us and looking at the information and not settling on what we are told by the people who have the power because they that is not reliable information. That is just the way it is. That is not reliable information today. And I can only hope that as we go into the week of the election next week, I hope and pray that the American people make the right choice. I hope and pray that the American people choose to look at the truths that are in front of our eyes, to look at real information and look at what we're seeing and look at common sense and use our common sense to make the right choice in selecting our leaders because it's a very scary thing. We are really at a crossroads in this country. And I think that if the American people make the wrong decision, we are going to go down a very scary path. Not forever. I think that it will swing back because I think that the left in America is so radical that people are not going to tolerate that type of leadership for long. But I hope that we never find out (laughs) and it just never goes down that road. But whatever ends up happening next week, I believe in our country and I believe that we are going to make it through whatever challenges that we face. But we do need to make some changes in the information and in those who have the power and who have the voice because Americans are being lied to and Americans are being manipulated. And we need to make some changes to stop that from happening. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps each and every week. Also, please share this episode with a family member or friend so we can help spread the word. You can follow me on Twitter at JJAnAmerican. You can also message the show by sending an email to JJ at I'mJustAnAmerican.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I'mJustAnAmerican. Thank you for taking a moment out of your day to talk about free speech and the changes we need to see with our media companies. I'll be back next time for a deep dive into issues plaguing American life from the perspective of Just an American. Music for this podcast was written and performed by Michael Beatty. You can find him on Twitter at Michael Beatty 3